And welcome back. I'm Arlene Bynum for Jeff MacArthur. And there we have, hey, we've got some stuff opening up. This is a momentous moment, really. We have, before Mother's Day, the garden centers are opening up, as the premier has just announced. And then on May the 11th, retail can operate curbside. So there we go. We've got also hardware stores, garden center hardware stores, and then in construction, condos and apartments construction. But the word health is brought. These are not just, hey, they're opening the doors. You can go in. You know, the the retail is curbside and the hardware stores, everybody has to follow the same thing. So we're into that new normal and this distancing is not going to be a return to what we thought before. Let's get some reaction to the announcements today. We are joined by Ian Lee from Sprott School of Business at Carleton University. Ian, how are you? I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. All right. Here we go. You know, there we have these announcements from the premier. And one of the things that we've been talking about, you know, of course, is what's happened to this job market. It's really incredible. But you and I believe in entrepreneurship. There are opportunities here. We had an announcement already, one company in Oakville, the the province announcing they're going to be doing hand sanitizer. But it is really amazing how people have really jumped in here with that spirit. I, I agree. One of the, um, I've had this debate for literally my entire adult life with mm-hmm. some people who say, I don't understand why capitalism and market economies are so, so, so successful. And I said, it's because they reward adaptability and innovation by creating incentives. And that's exactly what entrepreneurs do. They step in, they see an opportunity where some need is not being met, and they jump in and say, I'm going to, you know, build a little business around meeting that need. And we've seen some extraordinary innovativeness, uh, entrepreneurial responsiveness in this last six, eight weeks. I mean, there was a beer brewery in downtown Toronto that started making, I think it was the the, the filters, that'd be the face masks. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's the sort of uh, thinking. I mean, somebody was making, I think it was an, air, an auto parts company, started to make um, the uh, fibrillators, or not the fibrillators, the ventilators for the mm-hmm. hospitals. So there's been, you know, when you, when you harness that, that uh, uh, out there, that, that, uh, the, that, those entrepreneurs, you can do amazing things. And what it points to, Arlene, is that there, it, yes, there's bad news out there. There's no question about it. The restaurants and the bars and the entertainment industry is just getting hammered. They're getting slaughtered. But there are job people are being hired like crazy in companies like Shopify, uh, which is part of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the most famous of all is Amazon. Uh, logistics. Uh, we need, you know, we need more and more drivers to drive the trucks to deliver the e-commerce packages. So it's not all all doom and gloom. It's yes, a lot of doom and gloom, but there are opportunities and there are jobs. There is job hiring occurring. There is, and there's also a switch in the power structure out there economically. You know, Ian, we're looking at essential workers, frontline workers, and they're not just health workers. For somebody who is in that job, should they take this and run with it? I ride horses. Do you grab the bit and run here? Because this, to me, does not seem like it's going away. They've got some power. 
I do. I, I agree with you. Uh, first point. The second point is I think we're going to see, and I'm not one of these people who says that this is going to, ch- the coronavirus is going to, quote, mm-hmm. change everything. It's not going to change everything. There's lots of things that work very well. I don't believe we're going to get rid of hospitals. I mean, to say something that's really obvious, uh, you know, and people say, well, why would we? Exactly. It's working. So this is, the coronavirus is not going to change everything, but it's going to change some things. One of them at the top of the list is how we manage our seniors' homes and how we pay our workers in the seniors' homes, and how we treat the safety of people. So I think that there's, I don't think that this is a profound uh, forecast on my part. I think there's going to be profound changes coming to the long-term care industry, if I can call it that, um, because of uh, the, the problems that were exposed. There's changes coming to the supply chain, and we're going to be far less dependent on China, and there's going to be a lot of Canadian companies bringing home some of that supply chain uh, uh, back to Canada, which is going to mean uh, jobs that will be created here. Um, so there will be uh, uh, new jobs being created, um, and there will be a new way that uh, we may revisit the whole pay structure for those frontline workers who we've realized how vital uh, they are, how dependent we are on them when any of us get sick. So there could be changes in the compensation system out there. So there's going to be changes. I'm not trying to trivialize it. I'm just Mm -hmm. dismissing the idea that everything is going to change everywhere. Of course not. There's going to be lots of things that will continue, but there are going to be some profound uh, changes in some parts of the economy. All right. A couple of questions. First of all, honestly, there are a lot of Canadians who don't want to spend a lot of money on stuff. One of the reasons that manufacturing went over to China is because they could make things cheaper. I know they're challenged right now, and maybe the prices they were agreeing to may not be able to be delivered. But, you know, are people really, it's one thing to say it and get all weepy-eyed now, but are people really going to give up their Walmart experience or their dollar store experience? You've asked, I think, a very, very strategic and important question. I am not, because I'm not naive and I acknowledge everything you just said and agree with, I'm not suggesting that all of the stuff, the 1999 toasters and the 2999 (laughs) coffee makers Mm -hmm. are going to come back to Canada. I'm not suggesting that. I am suggesting that we will, apparently I've read the other day, or I read an article saying that the new buzzword in supply chain management is diversification. Mm -hmm. So we may be moving some of those, if I can use the toaster metaphor, (laughs) we may be moving some of the toaster factories to Indonesia or to Mexico or to Brazil or to Africa, uh, somewhere not China, so we don't have all the eggs in one basket, you know, that proverbial cliche, and closer physically. You know, Mexico is, doesn't, you don't have to use a ship, uh, you know, because there's trucks that drive from Mexico into the States and into Canada. We have a huge trucking uh, distribution system. And so I think the, uh, my, and I know this sounds a bit simplistic, but I think the, uh, if I can put it crudely and to make it my point quickly, the cheap stuff, you know, the plastic Tupperware stuff. And yeah, we got it. Yeah. That's going to continue to be sourced in developing countries because the wage disadvantage in the developing countries is still so great. They're making $3, $4, $5 an hour. We can't compete. But, but in the higher value added stuff, you know, cell phones, TVs, 
that kind of thing. I'm not saying that will exactly be the technology coming to Canada, but that higher-end value-added uh, productivity, uh, face masks, high-end uh, face masks for, for uh, hospital workers, that's the kind of product that I could see, I think, will likely, some of that will come back to Canada. Not the low-end stuff, not, you know... Yeah, so we're just being, four, yeah. Four ninety-nine. Be- <laughs> that's not yeah. Canada. That's going to Bangladesh. <laughs> and, and, we, and peep, there's still a market for it here. here and I want to ask you this. We don't have a lot of time, but I'm terribly interested in your answer here. You know, looking at business, we've been talking about the opportunities, who's hiring. What about who survives here? Of course, everything hasn't changed. I totally agree with you. We've been talking about entrepreneurship. Is there not a new immediate test of entrepreneurs and those who can make the customer feel like they got it and had their back during this virus, and they will have that loyalty as we move forward. I agree with you. In fact, the entrepreneurs are going through, and they won't all survive, let's be clear, they won't. I mean, 30 to 40% of the restaurants are going to close, it's estimated. But those entrepreneurs, doesn't matter what industry, that do survive this, are going through truly the baptism of fire, to use that famous, mm-hmm. another cliche. And and I would, I would suggest that they will have more, uh, not just financial capital at the banks, where they borrow, but they're going to have more credibility because the bankers are going to look at them and say, boy, you made it through this unbelievable shutdown. You must be really, really good uh, because there's going to be very, very significant numbers of small businesses that close their doors forever. They will be liquidated. They will be closed. They will be bankrupt. They are not coming back. You know, they, they won't be sleeping like John Cleese's parrot. They will be dead. They'll have be deceased. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so the point is, though, they're not all going to deceive. There's going to be some, a good number of entrepreneurs that succeed. And they're going to have the loyalty, the undying loyalty, I think, of their customers. And they're also going to have the very strong support, I would think, of their bankers. Because, if you, you know, the old thing, if you can survive, you know, it's like going through the Second World War, I suppose. Not that I did, but if you can go through that and survive that, you must be pretty resilient. You must be pretty tough. You must be pretty independent and, and very alert. And, and I think that the entrepreneurs that come through this successfully yeah. are going to, I mean, if you can survive it doing this, then in ordinary times, it's, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, it meant you were agile. You took the wind. You huddled against the storm, all those things. Ian Lee, don't ever be that parrot. Thank you so okay. much. <laughs> For joining us. We were dating ourselves. You heard me laughing yes. there about I the parrot's always relevant to so yes. many issues. Thank you, Ian. You Thank have you very a, much, Arlene.